Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We sure do talk about them. Welcome to episode 222 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship. And with me today, as she was yesterday, and as God willing she will be tomorrow, is my spondatastic, that sounds like an insult, but it's not, co-host, Sarah <laughs> Devunting. Hello, Sarah. That sounds like the Latin term for when a spoon is bent backwards. Oh. <laughs> I mean, exactly. a, sp- a spondy is a poetic foot. You know, in fact, Andrew foot. and I have fantasized more than once about buying a corgi and naming it spondy. Oh, spondy. Get get the whole litter. Tr- trochee. <laughs> dactyl. <laughs> Good old dactyl. Oh, he's my Oh, favorite. my God. We're, we're already so far <laughs> off the road and stuck in the mud. Anyway, hello, listeners. Um... Welcome back to non-teen idol territory, although the way the song we're talking about today came to my attention was on the show American Idol as performed by Blake and his little Argyle sweaters. We'll get back (laughs) to it. This is actually a listener pick from more than one listener, and it has been in our suggestion doc for at least one precedent, possibly two. We're talking about Keen's Somewhere Only We Know. It was requested by both John P. and Abdullah Y. It was on the playlist at my wedding reception in my backyard. Uh, This is one of the more explicit, like, this is about the world of two songs that is out there. Oh, hands down, yes. In so many words. Um, So let's hear a clip and then discuss. love that song <laughs> end of episode don't don't um here are some things that i like about it i when i first heard blake do it i'm pretty sure that this was something where he was trying to get out of his like beatboxy comfort zone yes this was not a particularly neat performance the vocal was a little raggedy but it was so heartfelt and like a big enough swing for him and his little vests um that i adored it and the song immediately and went to go download it which was pretty rare for me like i was an idol watcher but i wasn't like in on the merch basically this is this song is a pretty good 
um, example of the Buncey Malamar. Like this is the soft marshmallow part of my Malamar personality. The way that um, actually you you do this, you you live this song in our friendship a lot. I have noticed that hmm. you'll just be like, why don't we just chat? Why don't we just go somewhere that only we know? I mean, mm. you don't exactly put it like that, but you come pretty close. And there is something about n- not only the somewhere that only we know, but like knowing that that somewhere is there and that we yes. can just meet up. Like there is something about this song that is like every movie or fictional property where a sort of star-crossed couple is supposed to meet like on a bridge or on a hilltop at a given time. And you're not totally sure it's going to happen. And then they're both there. Am I thinking of the Sex in the City movie? Maybe. Don't, <laughs> don't judge me. Actually, judge me. That movie is bad, and yet I love it like a relative. Um, yeah, this song just like brings me to this um, bombastically romantic, hopeful, and protected place, and it's why I put it on the um, on the wedding playlist for myself. That you know the world of two that we had just like formalized that day. It was like, who, you know, who else would I want to see there? I mean, besides my pod husband, of course. Right. But yeah, this song, this song really speaks to me in the content. And then the delivery of it is also like, it all sort of folds together that driving piano line at the beginning, which is, reads to me as like the narrator sort of trying to keep his, chin up and his shit together and nbd this like well you know i could really use a friend but it's fine uh you know i've got my piano leading up to that sort of wail at the end which has a lot of truth in a couple of notes um this song is four minutes long but it flies by for me yes. i don't know i think it's just really good i could not pick another keen song out of a lineup i could not pick keen out of a lineup but this song is major i think and i'm glad that it was requested and i'm sorry that it took us like you know 25 years to get to it you know there's there's only so many hours in a day um can you tell me uh how well this song did and also how well it does for you okay yes so to begin this song as far as Keen goes on the Hot 100, did quite well. It made the top 60. Uh, it did oh. not make the top 40 because no Keen song ever did. But it is Aww. chartologically speaking their biggest hit. And interestingly, it did that several years before Blake Lewis uh, was on American Idol. And I think had the chart rules allowed at the time for older songs to re-enter as easily as they are allowed to do now, that the song would have re-entered the Hot 100 after Blake's performance because that was right at that peak time when a good American Idol performance would get your ass uh, fired up on the charts. Yeah, would get some Aerosmith 70s joints back back in the conversation, totally. And like every 18 months, someone would sing Hallelujah and everyone would go download that song. (laughs) God damn it! (laughs) Well, Um, But in England... You know how we feel about that. In England, this was a the breakthrough song for Keen. It was their first single from their debut album, Hopes and Fears, and it peaked at number three. And it was such a consistent hit uh, that people loved for 
such a long time that Lily Allen was able to reach number one with a version of it several years later. So it's oh, been yeah, a hit by multiple that. people in England. Did you like that? Did you like that version? The Lily Allen version? Yeah. Mm, it's fine, but I prefer the original flavor. Yeah. I felt like um, the because the original flavor is, it, it does have that bittersweetness to it. I felt like the Lily Allen got out of... Um, out of proportion with the sweet to the bitter. Well, and that's because it was part of this annual thing that happens where this department store, I think it was this campaign. There's some Christmassy campaign that she recorded the song for. So I'm sure she was pushed to oh, up sure. the sweet factor. Yeah, no doubt. Little gingerbread. <laughs> Little gingerbread. That's my Little icing name. on the gingerbread. That sounds dirty. You know, um, for you, kids. <laughs> you can feel free to call me Little Gingerbread from now on. Okay. Um, but for me personally... Sarah, I I have such a deep love for the music of Keen. I have okay, so this this song came out um and Keen hit the scene. Ooh, the Keen scene when I was in graduate school and this was the beginning of the time in my life when I was regularly checking the British charts. Mm-hmm. So, I would listen to the uh the BBC Top 40 countdown through the intranet, the interwebs. Uh, mm-hmm. and I remember hearing this song on that countdown and being like, holy shit, this is beautiful. And so then I tracked down, uh, hopes and fears, their album and Sarah, I was fell for them instantly. Tom Chaplin is the name of the lead vocalist in this band. And I think that there is an ache and a purity in his voice that is yeah. almost unrivaled in uh, 21st century pop music. There's just something so beautiful to me about his voice, especially when, like you noted at the end, he wails. I buy it. I buy the heartbreak. I buy the emotion. Yep. And Keen's uh, primary songwriter, Tim Rice Oxley, who is also a member of the band, he wisely writes songs that let Tom Chaplin just wail his ass off. So uh-huh. for those of you who are listening who are thinking, and maybe Sarah, this is you as well. If you're thinking, what other Kane songs should I listen to? Well, I, let me I am. My, p- my to... pen is uncapped and I am ready. Okay, good. Get out your bick. Here, if you like Somewhere Only We Know, here are some other Keen songs that I would highly recommend. That you will that... be keen on? Yes, that you will be keen on. Uh, Bend and sorry. Break okay. is an important one. Uh, this is the last time. Uh, Crystal Ball, and finally, um, Spiraling. So I would say that if you listen to those songs and you dig them, you should really dig into their first three albums because I think they're fucking great. And I can remember, for instance, um, I went and did a little writer's retreat at a friend's house many years ago now when she was out of town. And this Keen album had just come out called Perfect Symmetry. And I can remember having a solo dance party to that Keen album all throughout her house. Like they've, I've <laughs> carried them with me for many, many moons. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine them like reviewing whatever ri- the ring security footage or whatever. When right. they got home, they're yeah. like, "What is he? What is he listening to? Let's ask. He, he looks pretty happy. Why is he wearing sunglasses and a fedora inside? <laughs> <laughs> and tidy whiteies? Yeah, exactly." Doesn't, um, does it seem so, like a doesn't seem like a Seeger type? This um, Keen was also popular in a roughly eight year period when there were just lots of these types of very melodic bands that were popular. Uh, Travis, early Coldplay, Snow mm-hmm. Patrol, 
The Killers, The Fray, Keen, they were all making music that I really liked because it's beautiful, lush music. And, you know, I, I understand that on some level music like this is designed to be played in a spa. Uh-huh. But I like to go to the spa sometimes. I just and I find that a, a band like Keen is especially good at putting real passion inside of their lush soundscapes, whereas a band like The Fray maybe doesn't get there. Um, so that that those are my initial thoughts, Sarah. I I think that um, this d- did read to me when I heard the original as one of those songs that would have been playing over the like minute 40 or minute 38 montage in a particularly tearful Everwood episode. (laughs) Yes. That I would then rush to LimeWire, kids, ask your parents, (laughs) and, uh, and find for myself. There are many, many songs, um, it's still rattling around my iTunes library from like mid to late aughts WB product um, that some and sometimes it was covers, but sometimes it was just like some, you know, indie band named after a European capital where everyone was wearing a watch the size of a dinner plate and a lot of silver rings and um, like feeling a lot of things out loud about um teenage vampires so damn right and i apologize for nothing i mean one of these i actually hauled in front of the court here at mass test and you were like why um (laughs) barcelona that you were like so the thing about my not caring (laughs) here here are some positive things that i have to say about an utter lack of reaction to to a piece of music but even though even though sometimes those songs can feel somewhat interchangeable they they have their uses and their effects and this reads to me as a song that is like that and it would not surprise me to learn that if you went back to like a, a like a season finale of Veronica Mars or that it was in like late season Buffy that Keen that Keen would show up because I think there is that um I think that it has that capacity right to and to to sort of go with the pictures to be the the words that go with the pictures so um when I when I say that it sounds like a vampire diaries season 2 montage joint that is not an insult at all and can't you also imagine half of the characters on lost walking up to a bonfire in a secret part of the island and sitting down as the sun goes down and looking at, looking at each other meaningfully as this song yes. plays. Yes, absolutely. Not a bad thing. No, not a bad thing at all. So, Sarah, recently we had occasion to revisit our thoughts on the music of Train because we <laughs> were asked to appear as guests on another podcast. And... That timing ended up being auspicious because it made me appreciate what's going on lyrically in this song a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nobody is so thug in this song. (laughs) To recap, Train writes shitty lyrics and (laughs) they're terrible. Um, But this song, Somewhere Only We Know, the lyrics are, I think, perfectly calibrated to be just specific enough to feel like someone's telling you a real story, but just mm-hmm. vague enough to feel like they can belong to anyone. 
Yeah. And I mean, I want to yeah. just read um, the lyrics to verse two because I was really struck by them this time. I came across a fallen tree. I felt the branches of it looking at me. Is this the place we used to love? Is this the place that I've been dreaming of? That's a lovely little short poem, you know? And it's like, there's a yearning in there where you're not certain if this is the exact place. Is this the somewhere that we used to know? It might be. It feels like it is. And that adds a little complication to the emotion of the song. Because in the second verse, he hopes that he's getting there. Because then he goes right back into that pre-chorus, uh, tell me when you're going to let me in. I'm getting tired and I need somewhere to begin. He wants that. And yet in this verse, he's not entirely sure he's found it. And I love that. It's just complicating enough. I'd also like to note that this is a spot on uh, description or explanation of what deja vu actually is Mm. without Mm -hmm. using the words, which in pop music, I would say are used. uh, The term is misused like 80% of the time. See also hallelujah. Like, do you guys know what you're singing about? No? Okay. Please stop (laughs) covering this. Go back and read the lyrics. Submit your your revised draft (laughs) to Mastess before you record. Um, Yeah, that sense of like, have I been here before or have I only, do I only feel like I've been here before because this is something that I dreamed? Yes. And, you know, I I think that, that, and also, is that good? Like, uh, he manages to get into that lyric and that question, this sense that like, maybe not everything that you dream of is helpful to you once it comes true there's a careful what you wish for sense to it um but there's also a strong drive to connect with the with the known and familiar regardless of how it's serving him as they might say in the life coaching industry that is very relatable and you're so right that he has a wonderful voice but it's also um, pretty unornamented and direct in a way that is perfect for this genre and what they do. Agreed. Unornamented is right. Sometimes I just want to hear a singer who is singing the notes and just delivering the notes. And uh, he's great at doing that. Yeah, it's true. Listeners, you're great at listening and great at suggesting songs. We really appreciate hearing from you and we keep every request <laughs> Yeah, okay. Sometimes maybe you like don't have a like you don't listen to podcasts anymore. You move to another country. We will get to it. We we promise. So, thank you so much John and Abdullah for this subject for this suggestion. And uh other listeners, please let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about. We'd love to talk about it. And then we'll talk about it on a podcast that only we know but I think also you. <laughs> yeah. And tell a friend. The The world of two has actually a bunch of meanings. We're, we're easy, as you may have read in the men's room. <laughs> you know, for kids. For kids. <laughs> but I can't see what you see in him anyway. But such righteousness in me. Not a nice thing to display. And who am I for crying?
Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at MarkAndSarahTalkAboutSongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's Mark and Sarah with an H, TalkAboutSongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastass Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash Mastass. Thanks for listening. Maybe you're happy, everyone says you are. You drive around onto the storm. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.